three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapples, your humble hunter here. Hope you're having a great December so far. Hope you're all staying safe. Got another review here in The Real Holiday Series. I've got a review for The Santa Claus, which I cannot believe this came out in 1994. Good God, it seems like forever ago. Um, So... This film was directed by uh, John Paskin, and I was just looking through the I was looking through the numbers here. It's kind of insane. So, uh, the film itself made 145 million in the U.S. I think on a 22 million dollar budget, if memory serves, which is pretty remarkable, especially for '94. So, Tim Allen, I gotta talk about Tim Allen. Tim Allen has one of the most confusing careers in the world for me <laughs> because his political his political views aside which are you know wrong um he I've liked him Alan more than I've realized I've liked him Alan I do not like home improvement it was always one of those shows I was like why do people love this show so much uh, I always thought Wilson was the best character when I would watch it. And I guess that's kind of the point that Tim's supposed to be, you know, an idiot. Like, I, I get that. But it, even him and his wife never seemed like they really cared about each other. Anyways, I digress. And uh, in Last Man Standing, I've tried. I watched three episodes just to say I did. And my God, I think that show is fucking garbage. But uh, but Tim Allen, this was really his first big film debut as far as being a leading man uh, in 94 with the Santa Claus. And what are the odds to get 94 to Santa Claus and get Toy Story 95? I mean, that's a hell of a way out the gate to go ahead and start. But but I digress. Tim Allen, though, he plays uh, he plays Scott Calvin, which I will <laughs> get to that in a second. But what I appreciate about Tim Allen and, and just talking about, you know, films of his that I've I've enjoyed, obviously, the Toy Story films, I think Zoom is a really underrated film when I don't think it deserves half the shit that it really does get. I think Christmas Time with the Cranks is really dumb. I know some people really like that movie. I could never get into it, but um, myself, not a fan. I think For Rich or Poor is actually a really fun movie with him and Kirstie Alley, who's also, you know, weird. But I, I, I love the Santa Claus um, I'll get to other stuff, but I enjoyed the hell out of Galaxy Quest too. So in the '90s, Tim Allen was kind of that dude, you know. You know, and it, outside of you know getting Toy Story films, um, he's had a pretty decent film career. Like, like so, let's you know, let's call it what it is. So him playing Scott Calvin in this, it really does tap into what makes Tim Allen, Tim Allen, because when Tim Allen plays a dick, he. There are very few people back in the 90s who were able to play an asshole to start off and make that, uh, make that, you know, that 180 degree turn. And you go, oh, I really like him now. And when this film starts off, Scott is just really, just really a prick. He's just really terrible. And 
I really actually appreciate kids' films where they actually show adults being shitty because kids need to know, yeah, it's not always you as the kid who's being shitty. Sometimes parents are just kind of terrible or adults are just kind of terrible. It's not always you. And I actually appreciate the fact the film goes there. So Scott uh, is divorced from his uh, Scott is divorced from his wife. Uh, surprising no one when you see how he acts, but he's divorced from his wife, Laura, who's played by uh, Wendy, uh, Wendy Crewson. Um, you've seen her in a couple things. Uh, what I recognize her from was, uh, was the kid, was the kid detective. I really like that movie. <laughs> I actually saw it earlier this year. Um, she was in the basis of sex, which I love that movie. If you have not seen that, highly recommend. Um, but she's been a little, quite a few things here just looking through her uh looking through her uh, filmography uh by uh, air force one. Oh my god air force one thank you that that was so i'm sorry i just i saw the kid detective part first and for some reason i thought i saw something else but yeah i recognize her more from air force one than kid detective but going through her filmography here air force one a uh, karina karina which if you have not seen that i would highly recommend you do um bicentennial man is 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 not great you don't need to see her in that uh but she's great in jack too uh she's really actually good in uh the vow for the little bit that she's in there so she's been in some stuff and she's still working so good for her but laura and scott just have a very tumultuous relationship they're arguing in front of the kid uh, in front of charlie which is always just a sure sign that you should not be together <laughs> in the way that they are arguing the film itself, I was actually kind of impressed that for a 90s film, and this movie is 90s. Oh my god, is it 90s? Even from the like the grainy way that shot to Tim uh, to Scott using a a brick cell phone, which I got a very good, uh, I got a very hard chuckle out of that. It's a very 90s film, so if that stuff does make you kind of go, uh, then you know, be prepared. But they're clearly just not on the same page. They really aren't fans of each other. Laura has moved on to a new guy in Dr. Neil Miller, who's played by Judge Reinhold, which I completely forgot that he was the love, her love interest in this. That was a very awesome surprise. You, of course, know him from Gremlins and Beverly Hills Cop and Stripes. That's all I have to say. But that was a really pleasant surprise on that front. I was like, oh, okay. So Scott has Charlie, who's played by Eric Lloyd. He has him for uh, Christmas Eve. You know Eric Lloyd from the Santa Claus uh, trilogy films, uh, Deconstructing Harry, uh, and Dunstan Checks In, which I completely forgot was a movie. Just name a few things. But he goes ahead and he is having this time with Charlie and Scott is just a selfish bastard. Like he really is. He lives, he works in the corporate world. Clearly, I think that has affected just how he is as a human being. Charlie, uh, he's making dinner for Charlie or attempting to make dinner for Charlie. It's really weird. They don't tell you how long it's been that Scott and Laura have been separated, but a seemingly decent amount of time. And Scott never really learned to cook even like a dish or two. So when Charlie comes over, he just flat out burns this turkey. They end up spending Christmas Eve in Denny's, which he sees another dad there and kind of like, you know, kind of tips his hat, as it were. Um, not literally, but 
you know, acknowledges him. And it, that scene in particular, I was like, wow, that's a really depressing image of just these single, these single dads with their kids in Denny's because they weren't thinking ahead enough. It's like, oh, that's really bleak. But what him and Charlie do bond over is he goes ahead and reads Charlie the story to help him fall asleep. And as he helps him fall asleep, they hear something on the roof. So first off, if I hear something outside or I hear because it's a very loud, not a loud pounding, but it's a it's a noticeable enough pounding on the roof. <coughs> and <laughs> Scott just runs out in boxers and a T-shirt. And I was like, not put on a robe, not put on pants, nothing. Oh, OK, whatever. So the whole crux of the movie Santa's on their roof. He yells at Santa like, hey, what, like, what's going on? Like, who are you? What's going on out there? And Santa falls to his death. And we're only, we're less than 20 minutes in. Santa just falls off this roof and just, and just, <laughs> just plants. Now, a couple things. One, with the snow especially, I really don't think that, that fall is not, if that falls enough to kill you, then Batman Begins lied to you. It's really not a hard, it's not a long fall. So the fact that that's all it took to kind of kill Santa, I was like, well, all right. Especially when you get into how much magic Santa does use, which is a whole other issue. But the fact that he just falls and that's it, I was like, okay, that's a little, give me a break. But at the same time, you know, what do you want? You know, Santa getting decapitated so you know I, I i understand for a disney film especially in the 90s i have to kind of just kind of go well all right fine whatever but uh, t uh scott ends up putting on santa's jacket after finding this coat uh this card this coat that says um if anything were happening to me uh put on the suit the reindeer will know what to do and i will say the concept and the notion of having a bunch of reindeer just sitting on your roof it's really beautiful. Uh, the the spot, uh, the part I live in Reno has wild horses walking around on occasion. So I'll look outside sometimes or I'll go for a walk and I'll see a wild horse just kind of strolling down. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So, you know, seeing magical reindeer, I'd be pretty excited. But Scott puts on the coat, puts on the suit, actually goes ahead and delivers presents to a couple of people's houses. And I will say, even for being in the 90s, I actually really like the way the sleigh is constructed. It actually looks uh, it looks pretty cool. Um, the CG in this, I don't know if this was a mixture of puppeteering and CGI. I, I'm assuming it was. But my God, some of the CG in this, uh, you can there's a scene where he's talking to this guy who's in a uh, like a delivery truck. And he's like, oh, do we just take the like the I-94 and. And the guy is clearly tired because he's doing the, you know, the doze off blink. And and he clearly thinks he's just dreaming because he looks at that sled like, what the hell is happening? Am I on drugs? And I and I and I got a good laugh out of that. I was like, OK, this, this, this is this is kind of cute. And I think that's the theme of the film in general. Is that it's cute. It's really just cute. Kind of all the way through. Uh, once you get past. The, the cynicism of Scott's first, you know, half hour or so, it really does pick up in a way that I went, you know what? I got to give this film some credit outside of the, of course, horrendous CG. 
for me, something that is a bit of a hard, harder pill to swallow um, is the fact that he sees these reindeer. The reindeer are flying. They're flying him and Charlie to these destinations to, to, to deliver presents. The fact that Scott is so this can't be real. There's just a point I went, dude, you're you're you're. <laughs> You're grabbing a bag. It's floating you down chimneys. The The bag is so magical, which I actually thought was pretty cool. And it's something I wish more Santa stories would develop. Not the fact that Santa has this giant sack. That's what she said. But the fact that the notion that when Santa lands at a place, the gift kind of just ma- gift or gifts just kind of magically appear in the bag. I was like, you know, I don't hate that. Actually, if you're going to go magic, then you know, hell, go magic, and I actually like that notion that something like that, that something like that would occur, but Charlie and him have the whole, uh, spend Christmas Eve delivering presents in their town, and then they go ahead and go, uh, Scott wakes up, and he's in, back in bed, and go figure, they actually end up at the North Pole, so, Here's probably the biggest compliment I can pay this film. The amount of world building they do about the North Pole in a pretty short amount of time. We don't spend a lot of time in the North Pole. It's really what Nutcracker and the Four Realms should have went for. Like the way that they are able to build what the North Pole is in these traditions. I, I really was sitting there going... This is a lot, but in the best way. Like, you really are establishing, like, oh, hey, elves aren't, you know, like, elves are kids who just don't happen to age, which is why one reason why they're so, you know, gung-ho and just so passionate about Christmas. I was like, you know, okay, I, I, I like that explanation. Uh, the fact that, uh, the fact that the elves are always, like, hanging out with each other, there's a sense of uh, camaraderie outside of just building toys together. I was like, okay, these are all actual, uh, really good things that I appreciate. They also touch on the fact on what happens when there's not a chimney and honest to God, <laughs> good, good. Because that was always something, even as a, uh, as a kid, I was like, well, what happens if, if there's not a chimney? And they actually address that. Some people might say, well, you know, I don't like that explanation. Well, then, you know, shut up. I don't know what to tell you. But I love the fact they actually addressed that because that is one of those big, okay, if you're trying to stay consistent, you know, how would this work? Uh, Once they get to the North Pole, uh, Charlie and Scott are introduced uh, to Bernard, uh, who is the arch elf, and he's played by David uh, uh, Krumholtz. And I have to say... What a wonderful, 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 um, just pleasant surprise he was. Uh, you've seen, uh, you've seen David uh, Krumholtz in quite a bit of stuff. He was in uh, "This Is the End." He was in uh, uh, "Oh, He Was Goldstein" in a, a very Harold and Kumar Christmas, which I reviewed earlier. Um, he was in "Super Bad" as Benji. He's he's been in. He's been in a good amount of stuff, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, like, just to name a few, and this is one of his best performances. He is so incredibly charming and likable, and something I wish the film would have touched on, because he talks about the fact that, you know, you put on the suit, now you're Santa. 
I would have liked to know if he's gone through this before, because I don't recall them saying how old uh, Bernard is. There is a great moment between him and uh, Scott where, you know, he asks him about the list. He goes, you know, did you get the list? You know, the list. And as soon as he, <laughs> as soon as he says it, you know, Charlie goes, he's making a list. And another, and an elf goes, checking it twice. And everyone starts singing. And I was like, well, if he's a hundred years old, I'm sure that's happened, you know, a thousand times. So I, just these little things I really did appreciate about the flick. Uh, I will say to the whole transformation of Scott into Santa was something that was incredibly funny for me. Uh, once they get back from the North Pole, Scott wakes up and he's in uh, these pajamas that he received at the North Pole, which is when I really was like, dude, you know, this is real. Stop complaining and acting like it's not. And that is probably my biggest complaint about this movie, because it it, it does. I don't want to say meander. You have to stretch for 90 minutes. I get that. But I almost wish they would have just had Scott believe it and trying to tell like trying to make sure that charlie kept it oh pardon me uh that he kept it a secret instead of the route that they do go that, that that's one of my few gripes uh with the film in particular uh scott and uh scott and uh neil's back and forth scott is always busting neil's balls and that is something that i'll be the first woman i actually really laughed hard at i was like okay this is very entertaining uh it's it's similar not as direct but similar to the mrs doubt uh mrs doubtfire um uh dynamic that uh she has with uh pierce brosman's uh character it's it's similar to that but you have the wrinkle of scott and charlie having this connection and having this experience that they can't talk to each other about and i and i and i really actually appreciate the way that was fleshed out they feel like father and son it comes across very natural all of their uh dialogue and everything and that was something i was really i was really happy uh really happy with uh my biggest complaint about this movie outside of scott you know refusing to believe is i thought uh i thought laura and neil complete assholes in this movie they are so just irate that charlie believes in santa to the level he does there's a scene where charlie has uh these chairs with little branches on top of them and he's like oh he's pretending they're reindeer and my whole thing is i think charlie's 10 in the movie like 9 10 and the way that they're just like, oh, you need to stop believing in Santa. You can't possibly believe your dad's Santa. Why? Why are you trying to take this kid's imagination away? Like, let him enjoy this. But it, it, it's almost more, it really feels more about their about their egos than anything else. And I understand they want what's best for their kid. But there was just a point. There's a point even where Neil sits down with, uh, with Charlie and he's like, well, how does Santa get... Uh, how does Santa get everywhere one night? And uh, and Charlie has maybe the most huh? That's a very good point. Uh, moment in the whole film. Neil goes, "Well, how can Santa deliver presents to everyone in one night?" And Charlie goes, "Well, not everyone believes in Christmas or celebrates it." And I was like, 
son of a bitch, he's actually correct in that. And you can even tell Niels kind of kind of goes, oh, well, what about this? And it really is just that sort of misguided parenting that I went, you know, you're prob- you're really probably screwing up your kid more than you should be. I mean, you shouldn't just screw up your kid anyway, but you're, you're, you're really making this a lot harder on him, and it's really kind of disgusting in the way you're approaching this. Uh, the last thing I'll bring up before I get to my final thoughts here, I love this scene where Scott is at the park and Scott's appearance, obviously is changing. He's, he's getting bigger. He's actually growing, you know, the, 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 the Santa Claus beard and everything. And there's this scene where he's on the bench watching Charlie play. And this group of kids, like nine, 10 kids deep, just goes ahead and starts coming and sitting on his lap, telling him what they want for Christmas. Now for, a, <laughs> I will give the parents this, for an adult scene that, that would be a giant, what the hell is happening here? Like, that was something I was like, whoa, okay. Like, given the context, I understand, but holy crap, that would look incredibly bad if you were a parent. Uh, especially if you're a parent of one of those kids, holy crap, that would be terrifying. But all in all, though, where this movie ends up, it has so much Christmas cheer in it, and it is a genuinely fun movie which is something i was really happy to watch and honestly couldn't we all use a little fun right now given how the world is going on so for me i'm gonna get this a solid a i thought this was so much fun i thought this was incredibly sweet it's something i'm gonna have to add into my normal holiday rotation uh i i really enjoyed this and i forgot how much i enjoyed this film so yeah solid a for me uh yeah, enjoy the hell out of this. So, everyone, the Santa Claus, which is a great play on words, by the way. What did you think of the film? Uh, which one of the Santa Claus films is your favorite? Let, let, let's hear that. Uh, I think I am going to review the third one here at some point. But let us know what you thought in the comments below. You can like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. You can go ahead and like our gaming channel uh, page as well, uh, Real Pineapple Games, on Facebook. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Give us a rating. Let us know what you're thinking of the show. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneUp, and Amazon Music at The Real Pineapple. Thank you so much. Oh, and you can follow yours truly on the Twitter at JHunterRealPineapple. And you can follow Scott on Twitter at NearmanTheFirst. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Please stay safe out there, wear a mask, take care of each other. We'll have more holiday reviews coming up here soon, as well as a we might have a live commentary coming down the pipelines. I will keep uh, you all updated on that. But thank you so much, everyone. Please take care of each other and we will talk to you soon.